So today on the Good Friday edition of the AF Podcast, I've broken this episode up into two parts, and I've blown this out for the love of basketball. Yes, 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 I did. On a Good Friday, I sure did. So on part one, I'm joined by the owner of the Real Basketball Training Program, Vladimir Mateski, as you break down how he started his training program, how he first discovered his protege, Dwight Powell of the Dallas Mavericks, and navigating his program through the pandemic, plus his thoughts on the Raptors and the Mavericks' upcoming playoff run. Then on part two of this episode, which will show up as two separate episodes on your podcast platform feeds, I'm joined by Ryerson Sports Hall of Famer, Jan Michael Nation, and Bill Gagne, host of the Royal City Hoops podcast, as you share our picks for the NBA awards and our dark horse teams for the NBA conference. And yes, some more Raptors talk. We live in the GTA. Deal with it. Deal with it. Which reminds me, I took a year off from doing it because the Raptors were in Tampa playoff list and planning for the NBA draft around this time, or close to this time, but now that they're back in the playoffs, I'm bringing this Raptors post-game episodes back out like a convertible. I'll give you more details to it at the end of part two, as well as the latest episode of my story. We'll get to all of that later, but for now, hit that like and favorite buttons wherever you listen to this podcast, and you know that South Shirava is available wherever you listen to them. You know that already. But rate, review, and subscribe to these episodes. Leave them comments on your favorite episodes. And for the love of God, don't be a hater. Hit me with all those five stars on Good Friday. Again, don't be a hater. You're, you're way above being that type of person today. And check out the catalog over at SouthSharav.com for the past work. Once again, that's SouthSharav.com. Is that our podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio? Part one. Here we go. Welcome to the Yav Podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio. Welcome okay. to the AF Podcast. Today I'm joined by the by the owner of Real Basketball Training, uh, the basketball player development company. He's a certified basketball trainer. And at one point, he was my ex-teammate at Ryerson, a.k.a. Rye High. Uh, please welcome Vladimir Mateski to the show. How you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Nah, man. No doubt. No doubt. I'm happy that we can reconnect after so many years. I know for sure, man. Long, long, way overdue. Way yeah, overdue. Old, old teammate. Old teammate, man. We go way back. Back to the yeah, Haggerty days. <laughs> you were one of the first people like when I moved in Canada. You were right there. Bro. Yeah, man. Nah. Sorry, sorry about the F word. <laughs> nah, it's all, it's, it's all good. You can swear all you want. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I know you're about to get into this busy period right now. And, and this has to be probably the best time for you, you know, for you, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, your, your annual career in terms of as a, as a fan, you know, the kids season is ending, you know, off season is technically about to start for, for all of the, you know, your trainees and your athletes and stuff. Plus NCA just wrapped up. We got the NBA playoffs is about to begin this weekend. And, you know, of course, we got the Raptors after taking the year off, you know, they landed back into the playoffs and as a fifth seed, no less, you know, because we live in the city of Toronto. What, what are you what are your thoughts on the Raptors this season and the positives that you that you're seeing about them going into the playoffs? Honestly, I, I, I like our, our team. I like I like the Raptors. I like the, the versatility that they have. You know, they're all kind of, they have great size. They can, uh, you know, all defend multiple positions. He can do a lot with this team, and uh, and and I like the chances. I, I think I think we can even beat Philly, man. I think so. Yeah. Like the way 
the way they the way the way we play right now and they don't want to roll. I don't know. I like our chances. I mean, it's hard when you when you have that you know the the, the lineup where they're all kind of similar size, six eight, six nine, long, athletic. It's it's crazy. And, you know? and the thing is, like, you know, you know, back in the day, that would have been like death for the, you know, for the Raptors. But in this, this the way we play ball now, you know, positionless basketball, it's actually really smart because it's funny. Like when Basai put the, the team together, when he was putting the team together last summer, you know, after everything that was happening in Tampa, you know, you could see the potential of what they could be because obviously they wanted a big and they couldn't get one. So, you know, they, they built up a, a, a team full of switchable 6'7 to 6'9 guys who are like, everybody's active, they're aggressive defensively, they're really long, they're, they're deflecting passes in the passing lanes. You know, yeah, yeah, they're very, very versatile. It's like, I, I like it. You know, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the whole point because obviously everybody's playing small nowadays and they built a really good team which you know serves that purpose you know what i'm saying so yeah. it can it can be it, it can be very dangerous actually yeah and and, that, and that's the thing and then everybody handles the ball multiple levels offensively and honestly even with the injuries they've really played well the last like six weeks and now you know i agree with you i think they have a great chance of winning this series because like as, as far as Embiid goes like we know Embiid's like a top two or top three mvp candidate if you you know unless you have him as an mvp He's unstoppable at this point, but take him out of it. The Raptors are a bigger team everywhere else. Exactly, and 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 uh, I mean, Philly will not play with their guard. What what's whatever his name, the rookie or whatever his oh, Maxie. name is. Yeah, yeah, the second year guy. Because yeah. of the vaccine stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So oh, you're talking about Thibel. Yeah, yeah, Thibel. Right, exactly. Like that, he can't even come across. Is it five? Is it Thibault or Maxine? Is no, it, is no, it not it's Thibault. Thibault is the one that is not. He's. I think he took one dose. He's not fully vaxxed. He took one dose. So, oh. mm -hmm. but regardless, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know. I I think because the transition transition defense is the worst in the league mm -hmm. uh, in terms of Philly. So we can run them. We know Hard is not playing no defense, and he's is not really doing well since he got to. Philly, so I'm thinking we have a chance. I mean, a bit Embiid can go as much as you know, but I don't think he can carry through the whole series. You know, that's the thing. Like the dirty secret with with the Raptors and like his history with the Raptors is that, especially at this point, you know, like even though you know I said what I said about him, Toronto over the last four or five years because of schemes and you know personnel when um when when Ibaka and when Gasol was here. They gave him the most. They gave him the most problems in the league, you know. And the way Harden has looked, like he looked like this this past season, basically overall, like he's lost a step. It actually plays in Toronto's hands. But like, he's gonna be the biggest X factor in this series by far because if he looks anything like he's looked in the last few weeks, or he starts, you know, giving you that like playoff mediocrity, it's gonna be really tough for him. And there's a lot of pressure on him too because you know, f like Philly gave up a lot. To basically, you know, to get this guy like it's championship or bust. Like you lose in the first round in that city, it's it's they're not going to be looking at Embiid. They're going to be looking at Harden. All them strip clubs he goes to is going to be closed in Philly. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's going to be. It's it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I, and, and and him under pressure is never a good thing, right? So mm -hmm. he always kind of buckles for some reason. 
But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I like our chances. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's I, I like it. Yeah, so. we like the Raptors. They're definitely playing with house money right now, for sure. Even if they lose in the first round, they don't beat Philly. It's like Raptors. Most Raptors fans, they're not going to be flipping out. You know what I mean? Like, not gonna flip off. No, not sure. at all. Like this is right now. It's like I think that they exceeded expectations in a lot of ways this season. So, but they have the most recent playoff success too, right? Like they they got their 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 core players were part of, and their coaching staff still remains from 2019, and they got players right now that are really hungry. You know, like Trent, you know Trent, uh, Gary Trent Jr. and and especially Scotty Barnes, like it's man, it's yeah. it's exciting. I love, those, I love those two additions, man. Those two additions are very good, actually. What 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 is your thoughts on Scotty though? I know every we all love him, but from a from a a development perspective, like what do you want to see from him in the next couple of years? Because for me, I I'm like if he can get that jumper down and get that uh, that handle just a little tighter, I I think like the sky's the limit for him. Listen, but that's normal. It's it's rookie, right? Right. You don't. Like rookie to come in, especially with his size and everything, to be able to shoot it like at that consistent level. That will come like a couple sure. of years, and he'll tighten all that up. I love the, I love his, you know, his length, versatility, and mm -hmm. you know, energy, and all that kind of stuff. That that's what matters. You can see the kid loves the, the game, and and not a, is not like a prima donna, and and try to you know. He goes and plays hard, and 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 you know gives team chance to win, and and he, I think he's going to be really, really good, like really, really. Good. I'm I'm not worried about his shot and all that kind of stuff because it's normal for a rookie to to be not consistent. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody comes in as, as a finished product. You know, it's very rare that you see that for like a guy coming in from day one dominating. It's super rare. If, right? he, if he shows commitment uh, the way he shows right now, commitment and and, and you know to his craft and try to get better and add every year a couple of things, he'll be very, 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 very good for a long time. Yeah, and he's and he's got that worker bee mentality too. So, I, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't expect him not to, like, reach those levels because he just seems like a guy, like, he, he seems like one of those guys you have to kick out of the gym. Yeah, well, that's what I said. He love, it looks like he loves the game. He likes mm -hmm. the, the, the whole pro process of, you know, what goes behind to be great, right? So looks like it. So you know, on the flip side, you know, going to the West a little bit, like how far do you see the Dallas Mavericks going this playoffs? Especially now that they got home court advantage for at least the series in the first time during this this Luca era. Oh man, they they they're another team that can. They're very you know versatile and deep. Like they don't have big big players, but you know. Um, they, their defense started getting better, clicking. Lucas started play, playing and uh, I mean passing a little bit more, and you can see a lot of people, a lot, a lot of the players got more engaged. And then once yeah. you get engaged, and then they play on the defensive side because before it was like Luca do, doing whatever, right? But now he started setting people up, and you know once once you give them food. They can feel they're productive, and they can feel that there's value in them in the team, and they start playing hard. And their defense is really good now, and uh, they, they they have a chance too. They have a chance. I mean, I, I think they'll beat Utah, and then uh, I'm not sure who's coming next after. I think I think is maybe the Suns. Yeah, it'd be the Suns, which would be tough. I would say that would be a tough one, but yeah. it's not it's not not doable. You know. 
Well, well, I mean, they've they really impressed me this season because I, you know, we we, we all know like Przingis wasn't fitting well with them, right? But no. like I I didn't think they were gonna take off like this after that trade. Like Jason Kidd has done a great job with settling this team down and giving them like a a better defensive identity. But I, I think the the thing right now, because I don't know if you saw this last night, but you know, um, Luca pulled up lame. He's got a he's got a calf strain now, right? So um, I, I mean, I. He, I think he'll be fine. I mean, yeah. he's like back home guy. I don't think mm, his thick legs. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I think he can. He's he'll be fine. Yeah, you don't you don't think he's missing time? And he's gonna be. It's like a week until then, right? Yeah. Unless unless it's a tear in a calf. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but um, if it's just a little bruise and stuff, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think for them to win this series, though, I think Luca's got to be at least close to 100%. Because, you know, I mean, we've seen Luca in the playoffs, and he is, man, he's something else in the playoffs. You well, know, he, can, he can beat, beat teams by himself. By right? himself, yeah. I mean, shit, he almost did twice against the Clippers of the last two years, right? And mm -hmm. he had two of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and, and they couldn't do nothing with him, right? So, and you thought it doesn't have anybody for him right now. And this time has also some shooters that can close for him too, you know. Mm -hmm. He can't do everything by himself. I like Spencer coming in on the team. Very good. You know, I like Bartaz. He can shoot it. He can win you games sometimes mm -hmm. with his freaky shots and uh, you know. So yeah. he, he, they they can they, they have a chance, man. And and is uh Tim Hardaway yeah. is is Hardaway Junior coming back? Like he should be back uh, in the playoffs? Uh, no, I don't know. Not yet. I don't think so. Mm, okay. And I love the way Dwight's playing too. Yeah. So finally, kind of, you know, they they, they they click with Luca, and Luca figured it out that look, I need I need to do this in order in order you know to get away the attention from all the attention from him, right? So yeah. Brunson is also cooking too because he's he's been good the entire year, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. yeah, oh, he's been he's been really tough actually. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get paid. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it'll be Dallas though. I think somebody might overpay for him, but he's yeah. he's worth the money though. He's really good. Hundred oh, percent. He's really no, no, good. He's, he he kind of reminds me a little of a little bit of Van Vliet. He's got a little Van Vliet in him. Just, yeah, just but he's not he's not passing like Van Vliet. Oh no, like, not at all, not at all. He's a he's a scorer for sure. Yeah, he won't pass. This guy like rarely passes. Yeah, for he, sure. he will pass at the last thing if the, if there's zero chance that he he can do anything, he just passes. Mm. But they have a chance. But I mean, on that side, depends on how also Steph comes back. I'm not sure how if, if he's going to be good to go yeah, on a, a with the Warriors, right? But. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Suns comes out of that. Yeah, you know what? I mean, about halfway through the year, to me, it was a toss up between between the Warriors and and Phoenix. To you know, like my projections of who was going to come out of the West. But man, like Phoenix, really, I don't even. I can't even say they shot critics because I mean, obviously, they went to the finals last year. But I think for people who thought it was a fluke, man, like they they've basically just turned the script on that right away because. Right now, like they're the to me, I like I actually see like the real possibility of it being a finals rematch between them and Milwaukee again. Oh, I, for sure it's gonna be. Fun. I, I I don't I have zero doubts that I think Milwaukee Milwaukee comes out on this side and mm -hmm. for sure, like 
Suns are going to be on that side. Yeah, because because Milwaukee, the trick. I mean, the thing with Milwaukee right now is they got that confidence now, right? Like that just, of confidence is everything now, right? And they give you can see they, when they, they play and they're all healthy. All they yeah, all they needed to be healthy now, so that will just get better and better with the, as the series going forward, right? Mm-hmm. And the confidence is there, and then freaking Giannis is a freak, as we know, <laughs> and there's nothing like him. And I don't know anybody on any team can match with him. No. On um, so it's really tough, you know what I'm saying? What and what's crazy about Giannis though is like I still feel like he's not close to his ceiling yet. Oh no. Which is no. like insane. But there's no there's no that his game is still not fine tuned, right? So yeah. he needs to add stuff where like mid post, like even post like it shots, he's still his shot is not that as good. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, like once you fine tune certain things, then you can talk about ceilings. Now he's not even there. Like he just adds little little things here and there, which shows improvement, but it's far from the ceiling. Which is crazy. It's insane. Is, it's crazy, and he's young too. Like what is he now? 25, 20, 26? Yeah, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. 20, was it, is it not 27? No, I don't even know. I don't even think. I think he's like, at most, he might be 26. He might, I think he might still be 25. Yeah, well, maybe. But if that's the case, right, you know, that's like crazy. Let me just Google it to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's like 25, 26. But, yeah, it's just it's just crazy because, like I said, it's it's like if he's – like what he's doing now, I mean, it's it's pretty historic. Like this guy's basically the last three, four years has been averaging like thirty and thirteen. Twenty-seven. Like, he's, oh, he's twenty-seven. Okay, my my yeah. mistake. He's twenty-seven. But still, like he's he's technically entering his prime. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's what I'm saying. So that's and he could even get an MVP. But I'm thinking Jokic is going to get it. But well. You know what? Speaking of that, though, as you know, being as a, as a European who, who played pro ball himself, what what do you make of the progressions of the players from outside the U.S., both you know across the seas and and even in this country and this city, especially to see like the way things are developing in the league to the degree that you have three MVP candidates in the league and none of them are born in the U.S. Like, why do you think this is? Because clearly, this this is not a coincidence. Listen, man. We always in Europe. We always and in in the world. We always had good players. It was just sure. back in the day. It was just closed off, you know. And and the perception of the of the European players it was like soft mm-hmm. and this and that. That was kind of the stigma. But we always had good, like good, great players. And and the IQ level is different, man. If you look at Jokic, he's like a freaking surgeon on the court, right? Like he's performing surgery. Like the, the, well, the way he plays, he's like two, three steps ahead of everybody. He's playing slow. Same thing with Luca. If you, when you look at, like, when you hear interviews with, with Luca, it's easier for me to score in the NBA than in, in Europe. In Europe, like this is this is something that. These kids are being drilled and and taught the game to play the right way and to understand the game and and the IQ level is is high. I mean, that's basically what it is. He plays with smarts. He's not the fastest, not the strongest, 
Jokic and all that kind of stuff, but he's he's just dominating with 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 his head, pretty much. Yeah, and and what's and what's crazy too is right because the way the game is opened up now, and I love what I'm what I'm seeing here because especially with those three guys, all of them are are great, and they're all doing different things. Their games are truly unique. They're all like the same height, at least you know what I mean. But they all have a great skill set. They're all dominant and unselfish, and it's you know it's like the way that they're all achieving their greatness in, in its own way. Because like it's funny because you know you saw a stretch where Embiid was like, oh my god, like this guy's the best player in the league, and then for about a two week stretch, you saw that with Giannis, right? Where like like even last week where Giannis he got forty back to back forty point games against Philly and the Nets. Right, yeah. and he and he swatted uh, Embiid shot the game winning block off the glass. So I'm like, man, I don't know, man. This MVP is gonna be tight. And then you see uh, Joker like later that night give you 38, 19, and eight. So you're yeah. just like, like, where the hell is this game going right now? All these guys are on the same age. Like it's, it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like oh, where are they where are they taking this game right now? You know, they're 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 good, man. They're very good. They're they're. they're... Listen, they're dedicated too, and uh, if you look at the way even Embiid approached approaches now, it was like you know how he was injury prone and all that. Yeah. This year changed everything, right? Changed his mentality, changed his workout routines. Mm-hmm. You know, got into it like I'm gonna get through entire every entire season. What happened with Jokic too, right? Remember, he he fixed his body even better, and yeah. since then, like never turning back. I mean, they do everything necessary to to just be good, and and they don't care about they don't care about you know the 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 hoopla, the 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 stardom, and all that kind of shit. They just hoop. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the other day, the, the interview with Jokic, when they were like, "Yo, you're the first play, player who had two thousand points and whatever." How many rebounds and yeah, I think and a thousand 5, rebounds, 500 assists, 500 or something like 500 that. Five hundred assists, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, oh, good. It's part of the game. It, it's it's crazy because when they ask Giannis same similar question about trying to get the scoring title, and he's like, I don't care about that. He's like, I don't even care about MVPs. I just want to win. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's but, like the menta- the mentality is different. Like that full the full integration of what. Stern try to implement, you know, years back. It's here now, and it's only getting stronger. Like, the amount of players coming from all over the world, and to touch on your point, where you said that the mentality is different, like, I mean, with the talent pool is growing, even in the city alone, like, you got elite players now that are coming from the city that, like, they legitimately think that, yeah, we're going to the league. Like, I, I can go to the league. Like, I have a good shot to go to the NBA. Like, Toronto used to be a place where, and especially when, when I was coming up, right, and you know you go to these basketball camps and stuff. The only th- the only thing people knew about Toronto was the Blue Jays and Carabana, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's it's at a it's at it's at a level to now where like I, I believe there's more NBA players from Toronto than there are from New York City, which is like that uh, that was unfathomable. Like even 15 years ago, you know, coming up, New York was like the mecca of everything, and now you got more players from 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 the GTA than there are from New York City, like yeah. It's, crazy, it's, it's wild, but the way they, the way kids are are being schooled now, you know, kids all over the world believe they can they can make the league and do it in a in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, like it's it's nuts. It it, it definitely like like the globalization of the game and everything just uh, you know put uh, put a lot of options for a lot of players. 
out there, man. And it's, uh, and it's a good, it's a great thing, you know, especially for, you know, for the new generations. If you really want it and if you have talented, you, you want to work hard, there, you know, there's a, there's a chance. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it wasn't like that. doesn't matter. You know, it was closed off. You know, nobody was, you know, looking outside. They were just, everything was within the U.S. Anybody who came over, it was like, it was like, uh, like, remember, I remember when Drazen came, Petrovic, mm-hmm. who joined the Portland, like, they set him on a bench. This guy was, like, killing in, in Europe. In like, Europe. It was a, and then they set him on a bench playing behind, you know, Drexler, Drexler. and, and uh, Terry Porter and those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So it was killing him. Imagine if he played now. Oh, my God. So, this this, yeah, this era was built for him. Oh, yeah. It, it would have like, been like a killer. He would have ran. He would have ran wild. But that guy was a maniac too. Like he worked like crazy, you know. Yeah, and and you hear the stories, and they used to say about how like he would just be destroying practices. You're right. He had to leave to basically to to kind of you know spread his wings and explode. But it's it's yeah. interesting because you're you're right. Like guys like Oscar Schmidt, who never he never even came across the league, right? Like it just wasn't, it just wasn't a thing back then for these guys. And, and it's like, yeah, because they knew they're going to be set down. Right. It wasn't like, like here, Luca here, Luca, here's your keys to the city. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like perception. It wasn't like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were saying, Oh, that all the European players are slow. Uh, they're not playing defense. They're soft. That was kind of the perception. Right. Yeah. And 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 somebody like even like going back to Giannis, like you knew he was a project, but you know, fifteen twenty years ago, he might have just been a role player at some point because some team might have just been like, we're just gonna bench this guy, or whatever. But you know, they 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 really harnessed that talent for years. You know what I mean? Until he, he became what he became. But it's like they're op- they're more open to that now. To your point, right? Like they're definitely more open to that to 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 let these this talent like bloom. You know what I mean? Like these unique talents coming from these different these different places around the world, they're letting it fester. They're letting it bloom now. They're not They're not letting it sit and, and preside on the bench. Like, even somebody like Arvidas Sabonis, like, that guy was one of the greatest centers of all time. We didn't see him yep. until he was old in the league, right? Yep, yep, yep. I know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. But going to your, you know, your real basketball training, right, just to kind of pivot a little bit, just for people listening, like, how did this all start for you? Like what? Like take us back a little bit. Like how did this begin for you? Like how did you start all this? Oh man, that that started all right. Well, I'll go a little bit back. Uh, I mean, as soon as we graduated, I graduated from Ryerson. I was doing camps during the during the summers there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of Serbian. Uh, Parents approached me to coach their kid to start a team. Uh, Stefan Nastic, he played for Stanford University. Okay. Yeah. Um, he played with on the same team with Dwight as well. So they approached me, and that's why I started a team. I don't know if you remember Boyan Chatic. Remember Boyan oh, yeah. Chatic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was a coach there, and then he said, I'm done. Go ahead, come and take the team. And that's where it started. It was like a 5-0 team. It's by the sponsored by the police. It was Jane and Finch area of kids coming down, and and I had these Serbian kids. So I kind of put the, the team together, and uh, I had that team from 2005 to 2010, mm-hmm. from grade eight till 
obviously till they get to the university. Right. So out of that team, basically four got NCAA scholarship. The rest of them got scholarships in 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 Canada. Mm-hmm. So I was like ten ten players. All of them moved up. And then everybody started kind of asking for for training and uh, helping out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's where real basketball training started. I started training guys from different teams, you know, with the national team guys, high level talent guys. In the meantime, obviously, Dwight was. I I met Dwight when I was when he was grade nine. Mm-hmm. Met a streetcar going to my summer league at at uft yeah uh that's where it all started and then obviously in the summers he will come in and will train and everything so that's where it all started really but the biggest really uh thing was that team because that what what put me on a map was that team that everybody kind of moved up and uh you know i had so many so many teams ncaa teams coming to my practices recruiting the guys etc mm-hmm. so i met i met so many you know coaches d1 coaches etc so so it was like that's that's what it was and then i didn't want to continue with the team because it was really tough to find a committed commitment by the parents and players etc because the way i ran my team it was like i ran a college team really mm-hmm. it was club team and and Nowadays and even then, club team was like once a week, twice a week practices. When I committed, I told them either I'm committing to four times minimum or nothing, right? right. So, so we practice four times a day, four, four times a week. Never played a home game, so we used our practices. Plus, we played somewhere else. So, never had a March break. Never had a winter break. We always went through training and everything. So. Starting September all the way to June, nine months with video analysis, with psychology, uh, you know, activities, with ranking them during practices, to everything they could possibly you can think. I did it with these kids, monitor their grades, everything. So that's where it all started. And then, I mean, as soon as they graduated and then went for, went forward, then I started the training individual, started individual small group training camps and stuff like that mm. and then, uh then you know all these pros started coming through uh i'm not sure if you know like uh, a couple of the agents started calling me and bringing some guys to train them uh from the dylan brooks's to right. andrew wiggins obviously dwight powell uh, andrew nicholson all the kind of guys that are you really know from canadian the league and team canada yeah. and stuff yeah, they they will come down and I, they will train with me, and that ever since then I've been doing it, man. It's been the what from two thousand and five till now. Till now, but that that five old team gave you that that foundation. Yeah, that five old just gave me the the. I mean, I always come back to that. It was like for me, that was the be- the best success for me, and mm-hmm. honest honestly, because. I can you can do the skill training as much as you can, but the biggest impact is when you have a kid throughout the whole year, and you can really tr- impact them not only tech- on a technical level. You can impact them uh, obviously with their IQ and um, 
the whole total development, right? Yeah. But but that's the thing too, right? Like that, you know, to your point, like that first success is is probably that's the most golden, right? Because as you're saying, like you're seeing that development and 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 then especially afterwards, like the progress after they graduated, they all had success outside of that in terms of getting scholarships or, you know, like in Dwight's case making the league, like there's there's a blossoming, there's an effect to that, right? Where it's like that first oh, initial no, success that, that, has got to be amazing when you're seeing that, that happen. But that's the thing. That's what I always even say and refer to now to the, all these all these players, all these teams, uh, all these coaches are, are 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 doing stuff with their teams. And, and to me, it's mind-boggling. It pisses me off. It's like instead of focusing on developing the kids, they're just focusing on wins and try to, you know, um, when a OBA championship or when uh, some AU who nobody will remember ever. Yeah. They will remember who your players are. That's how they will remember you. If you move these players from level, from zero to one to three to whatever level you're going to bring them, that's, that's how you're going to be remembered. Now, if you won OBA championship, or you win OPSA or something, yeah. Or OPSA or whatever, right? Or, like, nobody cares. Nobody will remember in a couple of years who won it. But everybody will remember who you who your players were. Did yeah. you move them up? Did you did you help them get, get to the next level? That's the biggest key. Did you develop them properly or just use them just for get wins and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That's what that, – I always train to my weakest – to my lo- to my weakest player, I never I never was like focused on just the top kids. I wanted everybody to go for because that's how you really in- the team will be successful. Yeah, and if your weakest link is strong, then yeah. you, you got a strong foundation there. Because like, the, the top three guys, they don't even need me because they have they have talented and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they need me, but at the end of the day, they will still get, you know, attention. What about the rest of the guys that you committed and and you promised and and you, you know you have to you have to you have to get all of them to to try to get better because if they if they don't feel they're getting better and moving forward, they're not going to support the rest of it, right? So no, makes sense. So I guess at that point when everybody was getting scholarships, was that the point that you knew that you were gonna basically stick with the training or or pivot to the training side? Well, or, or well the- that's what that, that's the biggest thing was really commitment of players and uh, for a team, right? And uh, players and parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, my 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 philosophy is is really we gotta grind, right? And then mm, nowadays you don't have that, right? Yeah. You know, like there's the kids just moving teams, people promising them the easy way out and stuff like that. Yeah. So even started with my team. Like I remember I told you we were there, were, there was a police sponsored team that, you know, it was kids from Jane and Finch dropping down, helping, you know, they they, they were getting help so they can be active and get out of the streets and stuff. So I had kids like that, and then I tried to monitor uh, schools. I didn't even let them play during the during if they don't fix their marks, etc. I was keeping them on on their toes. The accountability, yeah, yeah, man. And then 
uh, another organization showed up, which is based based directly at Jaden Finch. I'm not sure if you know them or know these all these organizations, but they took my kids because they promised them they 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 won't ask them for marks. They won't do any of that stuff. And then all those Jaden Finch kids, they end up either dead or in jail or or uh, brain damaged from being beaten up. Mm-hmm. So it was the biggest, saddest story ever. If the, and a couple of them, they, they still around. They hit me up like they just can't stop thanking me. But that's not the point. The point is like... The point was we needed. We, I, my commitment was to the to the kids to really keep them on on the right path, and mm. and somebody promised them the easy way out, and the parents buckled on that, and that that was it, and that was the saddest day. You know, these times with the AAU stuff is is definitely it is it's definitely competitive. It's definitely tough. You know what I mean? But. But and now there's yeah with uh, with with AU and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's so many teams out there. Everybody, as soon as you are become you tough on a kid, they just go in somewhere else where somebody will promise them anything. And and you know that's not the way you're supposed to do it. But mm-hmm. people do it. So it's that's why it's really hard for me to get involved. I really want to be involved in in, in uh, with a team, but that's why it's a lot of stress. It's just, is yeah, a lot of stress is, and it's a lot of again. There's no like, there has to be commitment. There has to be commitment. There has to be accountability for things that needs to be done. Hmm. So right now, my, I, I mean, I got involved with coaching my son's team, right, and uh, I got complaints from the parents. I'm too tough on the kids and stuff like that. I'm like too tough. <laughs> Like it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I added extra practice. Why are we adding extra practice? And it's free. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm like, what? Because the kids can't play, uh, uh, dribble the ball. They need to, you know, get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, anyway. So it's 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 different these days, man. It's kind of it's kind of representative of the times that we're in right now. We got. It's good and bad, but we have too many options for everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from the way we watch TV, the 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 places yeah. we how we can eat food, how we can you know like there's no commitment to anything, right? Like there's so many options for so many things. Like you're not beholden to like one thing, right? So I think that's that's it's kind of representative. I see that and and my you know, like looking at the community and stuff. Sometimes it's, it's that too, right? Like where everybody's and we're talking about this offline, even with the transfer portals, it's great. You know, for the power for the kids, but there's also the flip side of it, right? Where it could kind of get a little messy, right? Like if kids aren't aren't, you know, like they get they put on that tra- yeah, they, they, if they get put on that transfer portal and they don't get the right school, like now they're just stuck, right? Because somebody's in the ear telling them something, right? So it's they just try to do, take the the path of least resistance. That's the way the society goes these days. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Because that you, you don't develop character like that. You don't develop toughness. You don't develop, you know, gratitude. You don't develop any of that stuff if you just really find an easier way to get things done. You know, and that's a, that's the issue. And that's why only certain kids 
survive through this, right? Even though everything is opened up and even though, even though everything is, you know, a lot easier these days to in terms of kids to be seen, etc. You're still only taking 400 players in the NBA. I what happened to the rest of them? I know. That's it. You know what I'm saying? There's only so, so much leagues that goes around, too. Yeah, and then that's what it is. And then and all these, so many kids get scholarships. And so many kids, like only how many, how much percent they go to the NBA out of those. It's it's really, it's really, really, it's really, you know, tough. And only the, only the one that they're really committed, that love the game, that love the grind, that will go. Yeah. For otherwise, you're gonna get exposed, and we've seen how few are like few NBA number one picks being exposed when they got drafted. So just because they didn't have the work ethic, or that somebody was blowing in their ears, they're they're great and stuff like that, and then and as soon as you tell them no, you're not, then they buckle, right? And, yeah. Yeah, I had an instance the other day. I'm like, I was hired by 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 this um, club team to train uh, some team, some team, whatever. And this team's supposed to be number one team, etc. But they're like sloppy. They're like missing layups, doing this and that. I'm like, and I got them together. I'm like, yo, what what are you guys doing? Are you guys supposed to be number one team, or and this is what you're showing me? Either you are really good, or you know, I mean, I told them like I was trying to motivate them, right? So I'm trying to tell them like you're either beating some bad teams. So what what happens when you get really good teams? They're really gonna you are skilled and they're focused, etc. You're not gonna win win those games if you don't get you know focused now and f figure all these things out now. Uh, don't get complacent just because you're beating teams right around. And you know, they tell their parents and the parents complain, why did I tell them this stuff to the, to the kids? Mm -hmm. I'm in shock. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to tell them that this is not going to be like this every single time. You're beating teams that are obviously bigger, stronger, and faster, but as soon as these guys catch up and everything, what's going to happen? Yeah, if you guys are not, if you guys are not working hard, you're not focused and try to get better, and you're playing around, you're getting sloppy in, in practices, etc. So I'm like, okay, cool. But you know, let me let me pivot a little bit. So like, what what kind of difficulties did you go through when COVID like hit, like during this two year period? Like what, like how did it work? Like how did you work yourself through it? Like you know, with your program and everything else, because it was hard for everybody, obviously, right? <laughs> Well, as soon as COVID hit, it was tough for the first month, whatever. And then I said, screw this. We started tra training outside because mm. everything was closed. So I did some training outside. And then, obviously, was trying to find gyms that are, you know, yeah. through, through some back doors and stuff like that, mm -hmm. trying to figure things out. But it was tough. It was tough. I mean... Some players didn't want to come by, whatever. Obviously, that's normal, scared. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, gyms didn't want to open up. The gym that I was in, they, they were closed the majority of the time. So I yeah. had to go all over to Brampton, to to Oshawa, to like all over. Mm -hmm. 
I never traveled this much for for trading ever. <laughs> you know, thanks. It was like crazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, slowly, I guess, coming back to normal. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? With these new variants and waves and governments and whatever, right? Yeah. Because it's just playing an effect on everything now. So, do you think like things are fully back to where they're being before Coleman terms of training? Are you, you that? I guess it's, you know, the, are you still trying to figure that out? In that, no, I mean, I honestly, uh, I, I, tr- I kept going, you know, as much yeah. as I can. I tried. I kept make, making it happen. Just I couldn't let the, you know. I know a lot of players were just like eager to to trade and stuff like that because. Yeah. Some of these kids, their their high school seasons and all that got oh. destroyed. Yeah, their opportunities got destroyed. So the only place they can vent is really come and train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah, I had to figure something out, right? So, yeah, now it's back to normal, but still, you know, there's some certain facilities are you know more stricter than the others, but it's it's fine. Now, you know, I know you've gotten to the point where you've obviously you've had players that have gotten to the NBA like a Dwight Powell and you had guys like, you know, Andrew Wiggins come through and everything else. But for you, in training somebody like Dwight, when did you start seeing that he may have NBA potential? Like, when did you start seeing it personally? Honestly, as soon as I saw him in that street car, I knew it. Really? I honestly, I know. I have a... I have a I, I have, well, that and then and then obviously once I went through the workout with him and so, stuff like that, and I saw his like his mom and how she brought him up, etc. I knew he had you know that that the drive and toughness, etc. Right, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, like I have that, I have really good sense of like when I see somebody. Uh, to kind of have to spot a talent, right? Mm-hmm. If I go in the gym, I can see like really. I've seen so many players, so I can see really who has that. Who has that? It. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can see how smooth they play, how how they're you know how they move on the court, how they carry themselves. You can see it. The work they put in, etc. Yeah. Yeah. But when I saw Dwight, I was like, "Damn, this kid looks great for 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 a baller, man!" Like mm-hmm. he was like, "Too bad he never played for me, man." Like if he played on that team that I had, oof, he would have been like Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. Where to go? So I go ahead. Canadian Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> now, but but once he got the bag, unfortunately, you know, he tore his Achilles. He's fine now, obviously, and he's played well. And and shout out to him because I think he's one of five players to play all eighty-two games this season. Yeah. yeah. Um. But what did you have to do to kind of reinforce, like, to, to to reinforce to get him back to where he needed to be? Like, just take take us back behind the curtain a little bit in terms of what went into going to get him back to like back to health. I know, obviously, you're not doing the physio stuff, but just the basketball training. Like, what did you have to? Well, do? it was a, it was a process, man. It was a, well this. Like the obviously the Achilles was like a couple of years now, yeah. like a year something like that. But uh, once he gone through that stage of you know the the the, the rehab and everything, 
because we, with, with these injuries like this is more psychological than anything else. Yeah. yeah. You have to understand that once you, once Achilles is a, reattached, etc., the likelihood of you tearing that is zero. Yeah. You can tear the other one more faster than the, than, than the original one. Prepared. Yeah. So we, we went slow at the beginning and then, this past summer, we just put it out there, man. We made a commitment to, to get this next contract next uh, this past summer and this summer and this coming up summer. We because his contract will expire for for next year, right? Mm -hmm. So he has to get a new one. And we put in a lot of work. We put in a lot, two a day, three a day. It was like it was like that. You know, he will he will trade with me. Then he'll lift, and then we'll go at night. We'll shoot like all competitive shooting, and it was it was it was it was good. We put a lot of work this summer, and it shows now on the court. Yeah, yeah he's, really he's having a good season, and he's he's gonna get you know he's he's gonna be financially secured as long as he keeps putting in that work, right? But. It's just to, to see, like you know, like for for somebody that has, it, it's a great point. Like for somebody to go through an injury like that, it really is psychological, right? Like they always say, it takes that in ACLs. They always say it takes about two years because it takes about a year to get, or well, technology now probably a little less than a year for you to get back right. But then it takes another year mentally to basically yeah. have that a hundred percent confidence, right? And and Dwight is is different breed. Like he's old school guy. He's like Mike Claude, right? He's like he's grind. He's not like typical NBA guy. He will he will go. He he sleeps in the gym, right? He he makes sure he does all the treatment, all the stuff that needs to be done. You know, he when he signed the first contract and got to the NBA, I told him, you got to treat this this thing like a nine to five there's no way you 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 going in every single day first in last out all that kind of stuff he does it he's like he does everything immaculate like yeah like he does everything the right way to try to maximize his potential obviously yeah i mean from rehab from everything you know, you know i mean there's because i told him this is like listen you got to treat it like a job you're not just, uh, oh, I made it. Okay, I'm just going to go to practice. No, you got to put in nine hours every single day, mm -hmm. regardless of what it is, whether it's film, whether it's rehab, whether it's extra shots, whether, whatever it is. And he knows. And then his mom was like that, hard worker. He's he's like that. So, you know, it was just a matter of time. And, uh, you know, the first year was like a little bit, it, uh, you know, obviously that mental mm, break. I mean, the, the mentally to, to kind of go through it. But once you figure out that is fine, then we just got back into it. No, that's that's awesome, and he's on the right team right now. Where like you know, I I can see him being there for quite a while. Like I don't see a situation where oh, they're you know, not in that he's ball. gonna be there for a minute. I, I know a few teams wanted him. Even Toronto wanted him last right. year. Right for sure. For Mark sure. Cuban. Mark Cuban won't let him go. Yeah, he seems he seems entrenched in there, which is great. That's what you want, right? Like they always say, yeah. the best the best compliment you can get as a as a as an athlete, as a professional athlete in any sport. And Jalen Rose always says the best is is being called a veteran, right? And he's at that yeah. point where he's about to be called that. 
Yeah, yeah. No, well, he's yeah, he is like one of the vet, one of the veterans there. I guess. Yeah, yeah he's he's valued, which is great. Like I said, I, I think it's awesome. Going forward, uh, what does the future look like for you in terms of the training and like how far much further do you want to take this? Oh uh, man, I don't know, man. I I mean, right now I've I again I have obligation really with with Dwight until he's there, and obviously my son. He's 13, and I'm trying to help him as much as possible. And then, um, you know, slowly going to start, you know, drifting away, man. I'm, get, I, I'm getting old, you know. Uh, you sounding like you're 60. Stop it. No, but it's like I've been doing this for a long time. It's it's just, it's just I, need, I, I need to, you know, figure, figure it out. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe even moving to the States. Depending on how my son wants to do it, and maybe continue my my training over there. Mm. That's another that's another option. But I'm just gonna see what what kind of what kind of drive my son shows me. You know, mm -hmm. if he really wants it or not. I really letting him try to figure it out, and then I can I'm there to support him. And if that requires me to move. You know, and go down south, and, uh, and then so be it. And you figure it out from there. Yep, yep. That's but that's what it is uh, right now. That's what it is. I'm gonna support Dwight as much as I can, and uh, secure that next contract. And uh, and that's basically really what it is. That's the that's our goal. We make commitment to get it done, and we're gonna get it done. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, right, you just, you know, you're sounding like a person that's keeping your options open, too, right? So it's you just never know where it's going to take you, especially if you can get in that NBA. You're already kind of in that NBA, you know, foothold as it is right now. You never know where that where that shit's going to lead to, right? So, Yeah, well, that's the thing. that, I, But there was options for that before. But when you have a kid, it's, it's not it's as easy, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you know. I'm, I also teach during the day, right? Right. As in the high school, so for me, I talked to a few, few people, uh, and that was opportunities to, to to get on an NBA team. But they, for me to to give up what I have here yeah, to get an NBA job, it's gonna take a lot. To, it has to be money wise. Has to be financially. Has to be more than what I do here because I don't want to give up. If I go with the NBA team, then I won't see my son for during this best years of like when I need when he when needs me. Yeah, I, w I won't be able to see him unless that financially is really that much more. Mm -hmm. But speaking to a few developing coaches that are in the NBA and then telling me that, that what it is, I don't, and they're saying to me it's not even worth it when I talk to them yeah. what I do and how I do it. Etc. They were like, "No, I wouldn't even do it." I mean, I really, unless it's a, it's the offer is you really can't, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's why I really never pursued that to the fullest. There was opportunities, but I, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna be away from my son and not be able to see him. No, which makes total sense. Which makes total sense. But, yeah, I guess you just got to weigh out the options and just go from there and see what happens. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But those, those options are, are open, and especially when 
he gets older and he does whatever he does, right? Then if the opportunity comes in, that'll be ideal to join a team, etc. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we're going forward though. Yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm, like I said, you know, I was saying to you offline, but, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing, you know what I mean? Like from your progress and everything over the last few years from what I've been watching and, I mean, continue success, man. You know, I want to see appreciate how far you it, take this. I, I really do. You know, appreciate so it, that. Plus, it's rye high blood, man. So you know, we you know, it's kind of like they got to ride a little bit. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> rye high. We had good times, man. Nah, for sure, hundred percent. But brother, listen, thank you so much for hopping no on the podcast, man. And you know, you're, you're definitely welcome to come back. You know, in the future and anytime. You know, but the pleasure, man. Just anytime you need me, I'm there. No, hundred percent, man. I appreciate you for coming on. And just and and yeah, and sorry. Before we go, um, just tell people where they can uh, find you and and find your accounts and different things like socials and social media and all that stuff. Like, just let people well, know where they, where they can find you. On IG, I'm on IG the most uh, at uh, Real Basketball Trading. Um, that's why I use the most. I mean, I, ha I, I have also YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but I'm mostly on uh, on the on IG on IG. Yeah, and even that, I'm not that as as active as as I used to. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. I, I kind of get bored from that, you know. And it was taking me so much time, and, yeah, and just, which, which I know I, <laughs> I know it's the way to go. But I, I'm just like I, I I'm done. I couldn't care less anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's it no i hear you i hear you with that but yes like sir that. thank you for checking out part one of this episode and shout out to vladimir Mateski for hopping on to talk about his developmental program his experiences with aau the bond with dwight powell much appreciation to you brother uh part two was coming up as soon as this episode is over which is basically as soon as i'm done talking so I'm not going to hold you up. Let's get to it. Once again, it's the Av Podcast and South Shirai Radio. And click over to part two now. <laughs>